But on this Valentine's Day, you know, we've been reading through the book of Matthew together as a church leading up to Easter. And it seems convenient that on Valentine's Day, we look at a passage where Jesus is talking about our hearts, uh, where he's talking about how, um, you know, the Pharisees' hearts were far from God and that um, out of our hearts, our mouth speaks and just the importance and the centrality of the condition of our hearts and that affecting our lives. Uh, and as we you know, think about Valentine's Day and wanting that kind of love and connection with others, um, maybe some of us are in a place where we're really feeling that deeply right now. We're just really grateful that God has provided uh, that for us. Maybe we're in a place where this holiday is bringing up feelings of um, loss, feelings of discouragement, feelings of, man, I, I'm not feeling the love or I'm having a hard time loving those in my life. So wherever you're at, I, I hope that you know this message that Jesus has about um, what it looks like to be able to um, receive from God a, a soft heart that is able to both give and receive love. Um, I hope it, it gives you some encouragement uh, to, to step into that and, and receive God's love this morning. Uh, so on the surface, this passage you know, starts out and, and it's kind of about this idea of, of defilement, of being clean or being unclean and, 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 and how, that, how that plays out in terms of our actions and our hearts. Um, and so how does that connect with, you know, love and our desire to connect with each other? Um, well, one of, the, one of the main ways that we naturally try to strive for love and connection uh, when we think about life is um, you know we think about okay like clean you know the phrase clean living we think about this idea of you know sort of living good living right in a way that will hopefully bring us good things that we treat others well we, we come up with a sort of set of, of rules or behavior that we think yeah, if I can stick to this, things are going to go well. If I, if I, you know, treat others the way I want to be treated myself, hopefully, you know, that sort of give and take will bring, bring these good things, this love into our lives. And the Pharisees were, were sort of all in on this approach. You know, they had the word of God, uh, the Old Testament, and they looked at that and saw, God, man, God has shown us in this all these ways that it would be good to live, all these ways that it would be good to treat one another. We want to follow those laws as best as we can in order to take hold of this desire that they have for love and connection and good relationships with other people. And, and so they're like, man, you know, it's so important to keep these laws that we're going to even add some layers on top of that, of our own traditions, our own rules, our own that, that are an attempt to, to even bolster our ability to take hold of. Uh, and, you know, in Jesus's time, you see that people were wondering about this too, like asking, what is it that we need to do to inherit eternal life? What, what is it to do the will of God? Like these questions, the forefront of our mind, and often we maybe ask ourselves, what is it that we can do to take hold of this kind of life that we want to have, these kind of connections that we have? And in the back of our mind, we have a fear that if we 
you know, mess up and we don't hold up to this standard that there's going to be some kind of, you know, defilement of ourselves, that we're going to fall short, that we're going to mess up. And the result of that is going to suffer rejection, disconnection, being separated from God and from others. And we're going to lose that thing that we're so desirous of having that love and that connection. Um, and so, so we think like, how can we avoid defiling ourselves? Um, you know, this, this lives on today, you know, being, being someone who follows Jesus, being a pastor, especially when people hear that about me, uh, often one of the first things that they say is like, Oh, sorry. I've been cursing so much around you. Like, yeah, sorry, man. That's, that's not good. Or, or, or like, Oh, like, don't get too close to me. You know, I'm going to be struck by lightning. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a person that lives clean. We have this sense that if, if, if we're not feeling like we're living clean all the time, that there's going to be some, something coming to us. That's not good from that, that there's going to be either you know, punishment, rejection, separation. And, and the reality is that that truth is there um, in terms of, you know, the life that God has for us, if we're going to pursue it by clean living, we got to be perfectly clean from the, fully from the inside out in turn, in order to earn the life that we want to have. And so, and if we don't, if we fall short, then we're not going to earn it. We're not going to get it. You know, Jesus said this in a couple of different ways earlier in Matthew, if your righteousness doesn't surpass that of even the Pharisees, you will never see the kingdom. He says things like be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. The standard is there. The stand to earn life, you know, it's there. So we feel, we feel this fear. What if, what if we don't live up? We gotta, we gotta find that. And so we, we find some code, we find some, you know, like the Pharisees, they put all these traditions, you know, washing their hands before they eat. And then Jesus brings up this other one about, um, you know, devoting their things to God. And they just had a lot of these things that they that they sort of put out there in an attempt to to, to live cleanly and to live like they like they think God wants them to. But inevitably, whatever the standard is that we take up, whether it's from the Bible, whether it's from somewhere else, inevitably we come to a point where we realize we have not lived up to the standard. We've messed up, and that fear grips us of. Oh, this is it for me. Like the good things that I hope for in life is gone. I'm not going to get it. There's just going to now be rejection and separation and pain and loss. They're just going to be death. And so, so the next natural progression, when we, when we experience that, when we realize, you know what, we're not able to fully live up to that standard what often happens is we say, well, maybe we can at least present an appearance that we're holding up to that standard. Maybe we can even fool ourselves into thinking with this appearance that we're, that we're living up to some kind of good standard, or at least to others, or maybe to God. Maybe, maybe that appearance at least will earn us some measure of this kind of love and acceptance and connection that we're holding. For. And, and so these these rules and these uh, this way of living 
the standards. You can see the Pharisees. This is kind of what they've stepped into. Of, you know, we realize that this law of God from the heart aspect of it is too hard for us. Maybe we can put up some of these ways to engage that are that make us appear to be, you know, good and clean, even though they aren't. And so you can see, and Jesus replied to them about him. They, they came to him saying, don't, don't, why don't your disciples wash before they eat? And he says, why do you set aside the command of God for the sake of your tradition? God said, honor your father and mother, and anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. But you say that if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their father or mother is devoted to God, they're not to honor their father and mother with it. Thus, you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. And their tradition is an attempt to present a face that is, we're really devoted to God. We're giving lots of things. We're, we're good enough to deserve this kind of good life. He says, he calls this hypocrisy, you hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. So this approach to trying to grab hold of that love and connection by clean living leads us generally, inevitably, to hypocrisy and trying to appear to be something that we're not. The word hypocrite is what they use for an actor. You, know, you put on a face. You put on something that you're not to present that to the audience. We put on something that we aren't to present that to others, maybe to ourselves, maybe to God, so that we can hopefully grab hold a little bit of, of this. But the, the ironic thing or the sad thing is that this, this approach of you know, putting on a face brings us the opposite result of what we want. What we want is connection with other people. What we want is love, what we want. But hypocrisy and pretending to be something we're not just leads to more disconnection. It just leads to more broken relationships because it doesn't, it doesn't address the heart. It doesn't address where our real cleanness, our real connection to other people come from. Um, and, you know, at the very end, Jesus says the, the extreme end result of this path of relying on ourselves, hypocrisy, the end path is going to lead to things, he says, like, like adultery, murder, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. And I don't know if there's a list of things that more strikes me as ways that alienate people from other people than that list. He says, you know, this path, if we're going to follow it in a desire to have love and connection, is just going to result in the opposite. And, and, and you can see that one of the ways that this happens is that when we, we have this set of rules and we're like trying to follow it, trying to pre present a face, then, then when we look at others, when we interact with others, we also see, are they living up to that standard? Are they doing what they're supposed to do? This, this story started out with the Pharisees coming to Jesus, not talking about, well, we keep to this rule, but why aren't you keeping to this rule? And 
you know, we, it's, it's like this idea, we keep to this rule, look how good we are, why aren't you keeping to this rule? And how, you know, alienating that kind of judgment is for people. I mean, I mean, do you feel close to people who come to you and be like, why are you doing bad stuff? Like, why, why aren't you as good as me? Is that a person that you are feeling like close with? Or are you feeling like that kind of conversation drives you apart, that kind of judgment? You know, Jesus here is, he's not saying that that desire for love and connection is a bad thing. He's just saying, look, the way that you're going about doing it is never going to work. You you honor me with your lips, but your hearts are far from me. The key is that something needs to happen in our hearts to be able to experience that love and connection that we so badly desire. Um, You know, Jesus called the crowd to him in verse 10 and said, listen and understand what goes into someone's mouth does not defile them, but what comes out of their mouth, that is what defiles them. You know, when we think about this idea of clean living and trying to trying to find that way to, to earn, earn the kind of love and connection we hope we have with people. We, we often think, okay, how can I protect myself from being tainted by the outside? You know, sayings like bad company corrupts good character. It's like, okay, we got to keep, we got to keep all the bad out so that, you know, we keep ourselves pure inside. But, but what we don't realize is that the taint is already in our hearts. It's already in here. So even if we keep everything out, we're still, you still realize that what comes out of your heart, he says, is what, what defiles you. That stuff coming in, that's not really the problem. So we need to address the heart. Um, and when we get to the point where we realize, you know, we need to address the heart. The question is how, how can our hearts be changed? And so maybe think, okay, I got to address the inner life. Okay. Let me find a rule. Let me find a set of standards or practices that I can do that will affect the heart. Um, And I think we'll find that we don't have what it takes to change our hearts. Um, you know, there's there's a number of places in scripture that talk about the heart and, and it doesn't, doesn't present a very encouraging picture. Um, it, early on in Genesis, uh, around the time of the flood, God looked at humanity as a whole and he said, he said this, he said, every inclination of the human heart is evil from childhood. In Jeremiah 17:9, it says, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand? There's a number of others that there's just, there's just a taint in our heart that we can't get rid of. We can't cure it. And that our disconnection and our loss, you know, we, we can't do it. Our only hope to have a change of heart or, or even... I think what's needed is a whole new heart, a heart transplant, 
only hope for that is if it, it comes from the outside. Only if God comes in and just gives us a new heart do we have hope to really be able to experience the love that we long for, that we were designed to have, the connection with others we were designed to have. And, you know, this is exactly what he promises to do. Um, and, you know, Jesus encouraging the people that the way that the Pharisees are going about it is not going to, not going to, not going to cut it. He says in verse 13, he replied, every plant that my heavenly father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. Leave them. They are blind guides. If the blind leave the blind. Both will fall into a pit. He's saying they don't see that their attempts and relying on themselves and their own efforts is never going to get them to the place of life where they're hoping to be, um, but that a different path is necessary. And it's about, and it's about the heart. It's about receiving a new heart from God. And God made this promise to, to Israel, um, to the Jews and through it to all of us that what he was planning to do through Jesus part of why Jesus came and what he accomplished was that he was going to give us a new heart. In Ezekiel 36, there's this promise where God talks about this new heart. This is verses 24 through 32. He says, For I will take you out of the nations. I will gather you from all the countries and bring you back into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Then you will live in the land I gave your ancestors. You will be my people and I will be your God. I will save you from all your uncleanness. I will call for the grain and make it plentiful and will not bring famine upon you. I will increase the fruit of the trees and the crops of the fields so that you will no longer suffer disgrace among the nations because of famine. Then you will remember your evil ways and wicked deeds. You will loathe yourselves for your sins and detestable practices. I want you to know that I'm not doing this for your sake, declares the sovereign Lord. Be ashamed and disgraced for your conduct, people of Israel. Um, uh, there's so many things to point out in here that connect with this uh, idea of a clean heart, but just to point out a few, maybe the biggest one here is that the initiative in all of this is that God is coming in to give us a clean heart, to give us a heart of flesh instead of a heart of stone. He's doing it. He has the power. He has the initiative. He's, he's doing it. Um, it's a gift to, from him to us, uh, not, uh, not our own doing. And, and he reminds them here, he's like, look, it's not because you're good that I'm doing this. It's not because you deserve it. It's totally grace that I'm doing this for us. And, and it's not even that I'm doing it for your sake in the end, um, but it's for, it's for my glory and my sake that, that I'm doing this. So, so you see this, this act is really centered around God and not around us. Um, and, you know, you see how he, God knows that this cleanness is, is a big deal. 
that he's going to cleanse us so that we can participate in his life. He's going to do that and bring, bring us back into the, the life that we were designed to have. So if, so if God has this gift that he wants to give us, how do we, how do we receive the gift? Um, how do we participate with this action that God is taking to give us a new heart uh, for his for his sake, for his glory. And, you know, this is a point where it, it's tricky to not fall back into that first way of doing things. Like, okay, here, here's the thing. What do we need to do? But Jesus just got done explaining, you know, it's not about you doing anything. So we're like, okay, well, well how does it work? How do we engage? And and so I think the first, the first step to learning to receive something from God, receive this new heart from God is, is to practice not relying on our own efforts, to identify and to acknowledge that we have that tendency to look at ourselves and be like, what things in our lives am I, am I holding on to? Are we holding on to, to, to hopefully propel us forward to that place where we deserve love, we deserve connection, or we have earned it in some way. To, to just bring that to light and be like, God, yes, this, this is my tendency. This is the way that I often operate. Help, help me to set that down. Help me to lay that down. Uh, help me to trust you. And Jesus' answer to when people came to him is like, what do we need to do? What's the will of God? There was this point, what is it to do the will of God? And Jesus responded, the will of God is to believe the one that he sent. They were looking for a list of things to do or a rule or a program or a formula. But he said, to do the will of God is just to trust me, just to rely on me and not rely on yourself. Um, <clears throat> you know, this, uh, this sort of, you know, counterintuitive, approach, you know, Stefan was talking about, you know, Lent, and often, often, one of the traditional ways of approaching Lent is thinking about, okay, what am I going to give up? What am I going to avoid doing to maybe try to be clean or to be closer to God? And that could, you know, that can be a good thing, but it could also fall into this trap of, I'm trying to be clean on my own efforts and, and that, and that we're working sort of tr an outside in kind of thing. I'm like trying to clean up the outside so that I can be cleaner. But, but this idea that Jesus is inviting us into, I think one of the responses that makes sense if God is really giving us a new heart and giving us a heart of flesh is, is to think about how we approach life, not from, what am I going to keep out? What what am I working on the outside to protect myself? But but how am I going to take this new heart and engage with the world, engage with other people, bring myself to be present in my relationships with other people? So perhaps an opportunity in Lent is to think about maybe not something to abstain from, but something to engage in. What's a practice that you want to that 
that God giving you a heart of flesh instead of a heart of stone, what, what kind of action might that lead you to engage in that you want to practice for the 40 days leading up to Easter? Um, you know, this, this idea, if we have a soft heart, a soft heart allows us a couple things to, I think a soft heart of flesh allows us to be real and to be vulnerable with others around us. Uh, that would make sense to practice of saying, you know what, like, I, I don't need to put up this appearance of clean living or appearance of getting things right. I can just be who I am because God's given me this clean heart. Um, it also, you know, a soft heart, I think, leads us to interacting with others with compassion and empathy. That when we are with someone, if we're trying to appear good and, you know, follow those rules, what we're going to do like the Pharisees did when they interacted with Jesus, oh, you're not following the, the law. You're not following the rules. You need to get your act together. But once we have a soft heart, then we just see, we see a person experiencing life. We don't see a person in the context of whether they're following this law or not. So that could be a possible thing of asking God, like, God, are there opportunities, you know, to interact with others that is going to connect me to them, you know, rather than finding ways to interact based on or making the good and right and clean choices that you know, make us deserve good things. Um, you know, and, and those things that connect us with others is often just per, offering our presence, um, our non-judgmental presence to just be with people, to listen to them, to hear and see what's going on with them. And, and as God prompts to, and gives them some encouragement that God loves them, that God is uh, for them. And that even though they know that they've fallen short of his standard, that he's right there with them and is offering them a new heart. And that that new heart, God is going to, it says in Ezekiel, God's going to move people with this new heart to actually follow his laws and commands. So that new heart is able to do that, but it's not our own effort. It's not our so just again, a reminder that these ways of responding and participating in God giving us a new heart is, is not um, just a new rule of life to follow under our own efforts. It's just an attempt to respond to this action that God is doing in us, to grab a hold of the gift of this new heart that God has given us, and that, that there is our hope to experience the kind of real love connection uh, and enjoy in participating in community that God has created us for, that this heart of flesh gives us that possibility. So, so my prayer for us as a church is we might grab a hold of that gift that the Lord is offering. A uh, heart of flesh that's able to be vulnerable with others and that's able to be present in a compassionate way with others to experience the give and take of, of connection, the give and take of love. Um, amen. Let's let's pray. So I turn it back over to Damon. God, please give us this new heart. 
give us a heart of flesh that um, is able to participate in these things. We so deeply long for it, and we so realize that uh, our tendencies are to to hold it hold it at arm's length and to look for other ways to to gain that. But we just look to you to receive it. Please help us to let down our guard and let let you in to transform us. Jesus, amen.